Welcome to the Crazy Love Podcast. In today's episode, Francis Chan talks about the newest video release from Crazy Love called The Israel Project. He's joined by Rob Zabala and Sean Brakey to discuss the heart behind the film and his hope that the church understands the wider narrative of scripture that God has been writing throughout history. Well, here we are. I wanted to uh, thank Francis and just ask him to communicate some of the stuff he communicated with us at our house church the other day and um, around Israel specifically and around the things that are happening right now. We're going to talk a little bit about a video that was starting to be made maybe last November, December, and kind of interesting, and Francis will talk more about the timing of it, but it just finished this last weekend as things broke out in Israel, and um, we just feel like the Lord's timing is on it. And we watched the video in our house churches. All of us decided, like, let's watch this video. It's about a 50-minute, like, documentary. It's pretty significant stuff. And it was really, really helpful, Francis, to have you there to introduce it to us and to answer questions afterwards. So it gave a little context for us. And, you know, we confess we're like really naive in a lot of these things. We don't know. We're not, we don't know how to process this. So I think this is helpful for people that are out there that aren't really connected anymore to like a traditional church setting or even to a lot of current affairs where this would actually help. And and there's some people that are really dialed into this stuff, but for us, it's been really helpful. So I want to ask you if you can give a little context to the video. Yeah, I, I mean, it's it's really crazy. Last year around this time, I went out to Israel and learned from some Messianic Jewish believers who just blew my mind with their knowledge of scripture and the way they just made everything so cohesive. Um I mean, I've been studying the Bible for 40 years, but, you know, I, I I tend to get little bits and pieces and preach them. And, you know, and I was kind of taught to teach that way, you know, take one verse and uh, parse every verb and kind of explain it word for word, and which is great. But sometimes you can lose that overarching story um, and the big picture. And that's what these believers in Israel were so good at. And I was a little embarrassed of my ignorance and some of the most basic things. And, and it's like, I knew bits and pieces, but I didn't know how to bring it all together. And so after hearing them, I was so convicted coming home. I'm like, everyone needs to understand these basic truths about Israel. And uh, so I, I grabbed the elders and their families and, and uh, a video crew, cause not everyone can go. And I'm like, Hey, I, I want to teach us. So I feel a weight upon me. Like I need to explain the the story of Israel biblically in a simple way, because I'm guessing over 90% of the believers in America have no clue on some of these things. I was ignorant to so many of these things and I'm, I'm teaching people. And so 
So we did this back in December of last year, and it has taken forever, you know, to pull this. I'm the most impatient guy, and I'm going, you guys, it is October. It has been 10 months. This is one video, and I get a lot of it is my fault. I was not communicating clearly in Israel. I was, you know, I'm half asleep, and I'm. it's all broken up. I wasn't thinking of a cohesive message but how do we put this thing together? And it finally came together last week and we released it on Saturday. And I don't think it's coincidence uh, that it is on the day of the war that it started in Israel. And again, I don't want people to miss that. You know, you think, well, there's conflict in Israel all the time. This is not a normal conflict in Israel. There's not been a war like this in over 50 years. This is massive. The, the number of people that are being slaughtered right now on both sides. Um, and I think some of the most basic truths of do people even understand where, it, it, you know, the story of what God said to Abraham. And I mean, we know, we know that, that, that uh, he made a promise to Abraham. But do we understand this is a massive uh, promise, covenant? Like, like, like we understand Genesis 11 and the Tower of Babel and, and, and all these nations that came from the Tower of Babel and, and how God had a heart for all of the nations. And so his promise to Abraham was like, I'm going to make you into a mighty nation. And it's through that nation that all of the nations of the earth, now that there are nations of the earth, they're all going to be blessed through this nation that I'm going to create from you. And that's that's back in Genesis 12, uh, you know, right after the Tower of Babel. And his promise was, that this child is going to come from Sarah, and over the years they they're going. This isn't happening. I am in my eighties or whatever, and this this is not going to happen. Why don't you take my maidservant Hagar? And so Abraham sleeps with, or Abram sleeps with Hagar, and they have a child named Ishmael. Now Ishmael is becomes the father to. The, the modern-day Arabs. I mean, it's it's like, do we understand that? And do we understand that that then, you know, Sarah, when she's 90, has this child, Isaac. And through Isaac, you have Jacob and Esau, and Jacob, whose name becomes Israel. So that's, that, that's where all of this comes from. And it's a 4,000-year-old conflict starting from Hagar and Sarah. And yet God made these promises um, back then to both Isaac and Ishmael. Like these are the things we need to start understanding so we realize, oh, this isn't just a coincidence that 4,000 years later, that there is a country called Israel. Um, there wasn't a country called Israel for 1,800 years. It was Palestine, and that's what this conflict was all about. And, and like, we really need to understand the, the history, the background, like 
the weight behind what is happening there, what is happening right now, these are the things that I, I don't believe we are supposed to be ignorant of. Um, this is exactly what I believe First Thessalonians 5 is about, of how we as children of the light should not be taken by surprise at the coming of the Lord, because we'll see all of these things happening. And so that's what this video is about. That's why I feel like it is so important, because people need to understand that this is not coincidence. Why is it that this one nation, uh, the very one that God prophesied about, has been so hated and attacked? Um, sometimes it's like you see God's judgment on this nation. Um, other times he uses other nations to judge them. And yet he has these promises in the end that somehow they're going to exist and then all of these armies are going to come against them in the end. And then comes the, the return of Christ. I mean, that's the best I understand the New Testament. Um, and yet many of us just kind of shrug our shoulders and go, oh, another conflict in Israel. Um, this is a big deal. Uh, I, I was just listening to a couple of my friends in Israel talk about how their kids are in the army. And one of the kids from their congregation just, just was killed. And uh, this is real stuff. I mean, as, as parents, um, I, I mean, I was just telling the guys, like I, I sent my son out for his 18th birthday to go skydiving with a buddy. And so, his buddy's like FaceTiming me when Zeke's jumping out of the plane and to see my son at, you know, 13,000 feet in the air, free falling and, you know, in a parachute, I'm just like, for those few minutes, I'm like, okay, he's on the ground. He made it. And then my son's like, oh, this is the craziest, you know? And I'm thinking, wow, so much emotion I'm feeling over you know, just a silly skydiving thing. I cannot imagine the intensity of the war right now. And if I am a parent on either side, just terrified for my child and what could happen, because it's not just like, this is, this is so dark. Um, it's not just the death, but the method, um, the, the rape, the beheadings, the torture, the parading of these dead bodies. Like, this is so dark. And yet we read in scripture of times when it's going to get like that. And... And times in the past when it's been like that. And uh, this is the reality of the depravity, the fallenness of man. And this is why we cry out, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. This is why we're screaming out, come Lord Jesus. This in no way is the garden 
the intent of what you wanted with mankind. And it is the sin. And, and I mean, even just the, you know, the attackers that came by parachute, you know, you know, by paragliding down and, you know, into that rave. And so you've got thousands of people drunk out of their mind, stoned out of their mind. Like, let's not forget the depravity and the grossness of that and how much God hates that. Uh, and I, I mean, there's so many layers to that. Like you have people that are just so lost, just trying to find pleasure in, in the drugs, sexuality, and then you've got this other world of people just believing this is what I need to do is behead them and rape them and, you know, abduct them. And it's just like dark, dark, dark all the way around. And so now it's like, okay, now we're going to make them pay and reduce them to rubble. And, and let's not forget that there was atrocities done to them to begin with, and they're feeling like these caged animals, and so they're lashing out. I mean, even for us in America, there's a reason why they call us the great Satan, um, and they're looking at the immorality of our world, and much of the church just kind of shrugging their shoulders at it, or even joining in and saying it's no big deal, and they're just looking at us as believers like, wow, that Christian nation and those churches that are just propagating this immorality and saying so little against it. Uh, meanwhile, it's our Hollywood that is exporting this type of immorality around the world. And we need to wake up all through the New Testament. It's like, wake up, wake up, wake up. Don't be drowsy. Don't be asleep. Make sure there's oil in your lamp. Uh, he's going to return. And man, I've been hearing that for 40 years. So it's very easy for me to get kind of like, yeah, I remember being a teenager and thinking Christ's going to return. And it's easy to be lulled to sleep and not remember that God says, look, some of my promises may take thousands of years to fulfill. He promised Adam the Messiah was coming. It took 4,000 years for that to happen. He goes, don't think I'm being slow. I'm being patient and with me a day is like a thousand years, thousand years, like a day. I'm wanting people to repent. And so what a key time to talk about prophetic things, um, to show that God has been faithful to his word. And that was my hope in that hour long uh, documentary, 50 minutes, whatever it was. Uh, it's a lot of info, but I, I think it's, it should be foundational in our lives because this is just the whole of scripture yeah i think even for us when we're asking and you were sharing as q a after or before uh just hearing things like when you said uh the church in israel like that existing from was it oh yeah 33 yeah. to so you think about it, yeah. When Jesus was crucified in 33 AD, approximately, um, you have the Jews, that's when they start getting persecuted. And by AD 70, you have the temple being destroyed by the Romans. 
and the Jews start to get kicked out and persecuted there. I mean, they're just scattered. By AD 30, there's no Jews left in Israel. And that's about when they changed the name and everything else. So when Jesus died, that's when the church started. So at AD 33, you have the church. So 2,000 years before that, it's all about Israel. Um, but then AD 70, Israel's destroyed. The temple's destroyed. And now for 2,000 years, all we've talked about is the church. Because it was only from AD 33 to AD 70. So those 37 years, that's when the church and Israel existed on planet Earth at the same time. Only those 37 years. And that's when we get the entire book of Acts. After that, there's no more Israel until 1948. So, so you, there was only that little fraction of time in all of human history where the church and Israel were on the planet at the same time. And now after 1948, here we are again, that Israel and the church are on the planet at the same time. So if your great-grandparents 100 years ago wanted to go to Israel, there was no such place. And for 1,800 years, there's no such nation. And I think we forget these crazy things and realize what a, what a unique time we're living in. And so that's what I was trying to get the church to understand is people weren't talking like this 100 years ago because they couldn't. They weren't talking like this a thousand years ago. They couldn't. They were trying to figure out, what did God mean? There is no Israel. How could this be at the end? What's he talking about? And so that's where the replacement uh, theology had to come in because they just had to replace Israel from the church with the church because there was no Israel. But uh, now in hindsight, we're going, whoa, there is Israel again. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, I think that's, part of what I, I think part of what was really powerful for me being in Israel was it's it's easy subconsciously to read the Bible in a way that's almost like it's happening on another planet or something or like you know and you believe it's real you know what happened on this earth but there's something about being where it's like Jesus ascended right here um this is where the temple was like and this is you know where Jesus got baptized or around here and like and this is the Sea of Galilee. I'm putting my feet into the Sea of Galilee where Jesus walked on this. It's it's very different. And even I think as you're sharing about, you know, today, we we still tend to do that with the Jewish people or Israel. And um, where, you know, as I reflect on the Old Testament, I think about, okay, God over and over again would discipline, judge them. He destroyed their nation, but he still had promises to them. And that's part of what I've had to, I guess realized, I think before I went to Israel, I was like, well, you know, kind of like you're saying, the church is replaced. Yeah. You know, we get those promises. The Jews don't have it anymore because they don't believe in Jesus. But now I'm like, okay, I think there's more. Yeah. Well, and that's what I was trying to explain in the video regarding Romans 11. I just never really got it before. Um, there was just certain pieces in the Bible where I just like, okay, it's there, you know, but I kind of left it out there and space on its own and just kind of hit it and moved on i didn't really know how to connect all the dots and that's what i try to do in that video is to help people understand no 
Romans 11 is really significant. Um, and because we don't know what to do with it, we just kind of read it and then move on. But now I'm like, oh, I get it now. Just like the millennial kingdom, you know, and I know that's controversial, but I'm going, I feel like it makes a lot of sense now. Um, it really fits in this narrative into like the most amazing story ever told um, because it is a thousand years and it does follow 6,000 years of turmoil. And I don't know. It's, uh, it's Could you explain that 6,000 years real quick? Well, no, it's in the video. They'll watch it. I don't want to. Or prompt in the video, but yeah. You got to watch the video. You, we can't give everything away. It's really good though. It's like stuff like that. Even right now when you said that, about replacement theology coming in because there wasn't an Israel. Yeah. I didn't know that. I just thought it was just replacement theology just came in. But that makes sense because there's not an Israel. Yeah, I think we do that with a lot of the Bible. It, you know, we just think, well, and, 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 and partially it's because in the Old Testament, there's these prophecies that are given and they're like partially fulfilled at the time. But there's a future fulfillment also that's greater. And, and so a lot of times you look at the partial fulfillment, go, okay, I guess that was it. But then the New Testament authors explain, no, it's, you know, Christ fulfilled that completely. Or there's yes and more to come. And so I think sometimes we, maybe we lose faith in the total fulfillment of some of these prophecies and we just kind of go well maybe he meant this maybe he meant that it's almost i it's a picture of what happened with sarah and abraham it's like well he said we we're going to have a child but i don't know man you are looking old uh there's no way he must have meant this and so let's replace you know it's it's very it's you just get stuck and yeah. he must have meant this and God, through his grace, works it all together. But I think it's the same thing with Christ's return. You know, some people say, oh, he must have returned. And I know he said everyone would see him, but maybe he returned invisibly and no one saw him because, it, you know, when you start coming up with this more preterist theology of, okay, everything was done. And I guess we just didn't see it um, because we've been waiting a long time. Um and so we can, I, I believe that's what happened, in my humble opinion, um, with these promises to Israel. You just go, it's been 1,800 years or however many, I mean, after 100 years, you're just going, there's no such place. So what did he really mean? Just like Abraham, well, Sarah, we haven't been able to get pregnant and you're in your upper 80s now. Um, he must have meant you're going to have a child. I'm going to have a child. You're not. So give me Hagar. And she's kind of part of you because she's your slave. Like, it's just a weird thing, but we're almost giving God an out um, versus going, no, I actually think Zechariah 14, Christ is actually really going to return. And the mountain really is going to split. I really believe there's a heavenly Israel that's going to come down uh, somehow and land in that place. And there really are going to be waters coming from this place. And there is going to be this river. In fact, it looks, it sounds a lot like the original Eden. 
And I, I do think that Dead Sea that we were floating in um, actually is going to be teeming with life again. And, you know, but we, we just kind of go, well, is God really going to do this? God? And we forget he spoke the earth into existence. Okay, so these things that seem outrageous to us, it's because we're finite human beings that are not able to speak anything into existence. But we're talking to a God who can make dry bones come to life. That's the whole point. It is insane what he is capable. And so I'm believing for it all. I'm believing Christ literally will come down with his holy angels. And it's going to come at a point when it looks desperate, impossible. Um, and all the armies are going to be coming against Israel. And it sure seems safer to join with the majority, um, just like it's safer to take the mark with the majority and eat. But I'm going, no, he's going to come through. It's going to happen. And I'm going to bet everything on it. Amazing. Die. Oh doing that then it's better uh, yeah I, I i don't see any other choice man well this has been helpful and we're hoping that people watch the video and that it would give insight into this greater narrative this you know this story that's more than just a single time of our lives but it's thousands of years god's eternal purpose and plan that's mm -hmm. the goal of this video and not necessarily a political position or anything like that it's just like know the whole story don't get stuck in this one place yeah that's good one quick thing i do want to say i mean because it's you brought that up just so you understand my opinion my best understanding of this does this mean that we're just pro-israel and everything you know they do is right or we just go man we're pro-palestine or where are we i mean we are praying for peace um, we understand we have dear, dear brothers and sisters uh, who are Palestinian. I have a daughter who is Palestinian that I love dearly, 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 dearly. Um, and I have brothers and sisters in Iran. Um, God, for some reason, these last couple of years had it be the fastest growing church in the world from what missiologists say so we have brothers and sisters in iran and we have brothers and sisters in israel so it is not this one-sided oh yeah death to them or them or them as an invisible kingdom of god what we are praying for that i mean even my uh my friends in israel palestinian and jewish their prayer request was, can you just have people pray that this unity that Jewish and Arab Christians have had would not be destroyed through this war? This is what they are asking me to pray for. It's like, gosh, there's a beautiful thing happening where Ephesians 2 is happening before our eyes mm -hmm. and you have Jews and Arabs worshiping Yeshua together in Arabic and Hebrew. And they're just saying, please, somehow through this, can the unity of the church shine? And you guys, that should like, 
motivate us with our petty arguments. We're not in the middle of a 4,000-year-old war that has just blown up like crazy, and yet we can't even get along. I just think, man, pray for the peace. Pray for your brothers and sisters in Iran, in Lebanon, in Israel, in Palestine. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Francis. Thanks, guys. Thank you for listening to the Crazy Love Podcast. You can watch The Israel Project right now on our website. Go to crazylove.org slash Israel Project. We hope you join us next time for a new podcast episode. But until then, for more resources from Crazy Love Ministries or to support the work of Crazy Love, please visit our website at crazylove.org.